Laney, you better not touch that darn mic again. <laughs> I was putting my phone down. Tennessee Titans talk Thursday night, guys. Watching the Mississippi Mustache down 14 to nothing against, boy, the worst beard oh, in NFL history by far. Oh, 14-7. Here we go. John, that brings up the question I've been wanting to ask you. Uh, if Lizzo were to date a Minnesota Viking currently, which one do you think she would date? Oh, man. Uh, it would have to be a new man, right? So it would have to be somebody it, new to the team? It, it, yeah, it, well, it cannot be Kirk Cousins because he cannot deliver the goods. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, honestly, I'm going to give it the new man of the Minnesota Vikings, Yannick Ngakwe. Yeah. I feel like he's a, he's a monster and can handle uh, a personality like Lizzo. We need to get you a bow and arrow and a tiny little Greek diaper because I think you're I think you're <laughs> Cupid. <laughs> Landon, give us the give us a rundown. What's uh, what's the line on this game? The Titans are actually favored by two point five on the road, which is surprising but also uplifting. Weather's going to be a nice, pleasant sixty eight degrees, but Minnesota plays in a dome, so that won't really matter. And the announcing crew will be Andrew Catalan and James Lofton from last week, which yeah, I just kind of wave off. They're not terrible, but they're not that exciting to me. Well, James Lofton likes us. I mean, yeah, I, Lofton's good. Yeah, he he's good, and, and he you know views the Titans as a favorable te- favorable team. So I like that. You know, I I don't know about you guys, but I've been looking at the Titans fan boards and a lot of. Our fans have been trolling Minnesota pages, and none of the Vikings faithful think that they can win this game. So that's you know, ridiculous. They've been a playoff game forever. They're they're they've been bad for two weeks, and I don't know that they're gonna have a great season. But they're not a bad team. This is a trap game for the Titans. Well, I, I agree. I, I think their fans are kind of like Philly fans. Like you know, if somebody's not performing, the whole team is terrible. And yeah, they've gotten bit by the injury bug. And I think I can quarterback better than Kirk Cousins at this point. They don't have a lot going right for for them. But you know, we've been in that boat before, and it's never too late to right the ship. And they've got a lot of great pieces, and they've just got to get a lot of gel uh, together. Kirk Cousins is that guy that he man last year he looked so good. He had his moments, obviously, in Washington that earned him this huge contract. But he is just kind of like this uh, a month ago when he said the thing about if I die, he's just kind of a dope in a way. I mean, not like an unintelligent person in real life, but he says stuff and he does the dumbest stuff. Last week was case in point, right, Uh, Landon, that they, they, they live and die by Kirk Cousins and he has such a low floor. It's starting to look like the Stephon Diggs trade as necessary as it was to offload a cancerous locker room presence really has affected their offense in a negative way because Adam Thielen just isn't the explosive deep threat that punishes defenses when they try and key in on Dalvin Cook's rushing game. And when Kirk Cousins has no one to throw to outside of Adam Thielen, defenses don't have to respect the aerial attack, and so far he's been terrible. At the end of the third quarter, he had a 0.0 passer rating, which is you can't get any worse. I think that's a really good point that Diggs, so we saw him last year, you know, on the sidelines complaining about not getting the ball. And, you know, as Titans fans, we that wouldn't go over at Nashville very well. But he's a very talented player. And Thielen, as good as he is, like Landon City, doesn't stretch the field. Besides Cousins, John, what do you think has led them to 0-2 and just looking particularly just awful so far for a team that we know has talent? I, I Honestly, I think – their team should run through Dalvin Cook, and it's not. Last week he had he had 14 carries for 63 yards and a touchdown against, a, I mean, you know, a decent Colts defense, but not one that I would say is elite. I think another thing, you know, Landon kind of hit on it. I don't think they truly have a number one receiver. 
I don't think Thielen can be a number one. I don't even know if Diggs was a number one, but uh, I, I just, you know, I don't know if they have that guy. I really like their draft pick of Justin Jefferson and of LSU. He had three catches for 44 yards, and I expect his role to improve. But even like Landon said, Thielen had eight targets and caught three of them. I, I mean, just like Landon said, if Cousins can't get Thielen going, they're going to they're, they're going to stall every drive. They're going to be in third and long all the time. They're not going to be successful. And I mean, when you complete 11 passes for 113 yards and three picks. So we're recording this on Thursday night. Think about that. A lot of injury stuff comes out Friday, Saturday, and sometimes on Sunday morning. Landon, what do we know and what's your best guess about the kind of injury status for both teams? Well, for the Titans, I expect Derek Roberson and Vic Beasley to be back. Adore Jackson is still in IR. He won't return. And for the Vikings, Anthony Barr was put on IR earlier this week. He's done for the entire year. And their best player, Daniil Hunter, can't return this week. So a defense that's been absolutely terrible is getting no reinforcements. And the offense, it hasn't even been the injuries. It's just they've been pathetic so far. So there is talent on the defense still. Mike Hughes is, I think, a decent player. And Mike Zimmer historically has been a really good defensive coach. So we've said, yes, this could be a trap game. We expect them to bounce back. But we can be real. This is a winnable game. Vegas has us as a favorite on the road. I don't care what the circumstances are. That's a big deal. What do we have to do? Execute to win this game. And I really would like to see our running game get going, John, this week. So... What does it take, and what's the outlook for for Derrick Henry this week? I would be very confident that Derrick Henry will get in the end zone, I'm going to say at least twice this weekend. And and I wouldn't be surprised if he goes for about 180 to 215 yards on the ground. I just think it's time for him to have that game, to have a big game, and really come out strong. Another area I want us to take advantage of, and what I really want to see is, I want we talked about it the last episode, I want to see us get some sacks. I want to force Kirk Cousins to throw another three picks and I want to just really bring the pressure on him because there is definitely an opportunity and like Landon said having Vic Beasley back and hopefully Derek Roberson he's currently he didn't practice all week with an illness but I want to see those guys get after him. Well, I think it's cool you bring up Vic Beasley and I don't expect him to come in and uh, you know play 40 snaps and have two sacks but even if he says like Landon in, in in our last podcast even if he just can take some reps away from Clowney, and uh, that would be a big deal because I think it make Clowney fresher. So I want, I do have expectations for Beasley. I expect him to stay to play hard and kind of kind of be a factor just in that way. So Derrick Henry, this would be a good opportunity for him. Landon John mentioned on the last podcast that he doesn't have high expectations for Dalvin Cook, but I do. All right, so we've had to uh, reconnect. This episode is not brought to you by Xfinity because it's terrible. I've moved into a new place, and we have gone through so many difficulties. Landon and the Big Fella have been so patient with getting this podcast done the last couple weeks. So, fellas, thanks again. Landon, the question was, you mentioned on an earlier podcast that you don't think Dalvin Cook's going to have a good week. I disagree. I think Robinson... Just carved us up at times last Sunday. I'm worried about Dalvin Cook. I think with the benefit of hindsight in looking over some stats a bit more closely, I'd be more inclined to agree with you, Nathan, over what I said earlier. In terms of just matchup, we've been a poor run defense in terms of yards per carry, and we haven't exactly faced great offensive lines so far or great talented running backs. But to me, it's just about game script. He's only looked good because he scored touchdowns in garbage time. 
when defenses are playing softer and they're letting him get those five, six yards because time is on their side. And to me, Dalvin Cook hasn't been, he's been probably 70% of what he was last year. I would be worried if the game stays close about him going off for a huge day, but I just don't think their offense can put up enough points in. By the end of the game, I expect he'll have another day salvaged by garbage time where you look at him and you think, oh, he had a pretty good game. But if you watch the game as it happens, you're not really noticing him making a significant contribution towards winning the game. Of course, like to watch all these games, especially whoever we're playing, I'll go back and watch the games. I did that, but you can't tell a whole lot from the first two weeks. Uh, the Vikings played the Packers in week one, then of course played the Colts last Sunday. They're 0-2. It got out of hand, uh, especially in week two, so early that you just really don't get a feel for what they'd like to do if they were in a close game and Cousins was so bad last week. That being said, I mean, their their season is kind of statistically on the line. That sounds a little crazy, but this is the NFL. You only get 16 games. So, John, I expect a big game from Ngakwe. I think that that is a strength for them against a weakness. Do you, do you think we'll see Ngakwe kind of show out this Sunday? I hope not, but... You know, he typically has decent games against us, you know, all the years with the Jags. And not that he knows how we, you know, who we are or anything, but he's familiar with us. He knows how we play. He knows how to get in Taylor Luan's head. He, he's probably gone up against Dennis Kelly before. He, there's some familiarity. And I haven't watched a whole lot of Vikings game film yet. I don't know how he's played, but he's a gamer. And I think he's going to be a guy that can cause some problems if we don't bottle them up quick. I hope, honestly, uh, I, I we haven't done it yet, but I hope we come in those in those huge tackle sets, like, uh, you know, <laughs> with three tackles in the game, and we just run right at him. Because that's how you neutralize a good defender. You run right at him because, you know, there's not much he can do, especially if he's doubled. So I, I think that's going to be our key to neutralizing him. We all know that the Vikings lost Everson Griffin, a huge, huge talent for them. And like Landon said, they've had a lot of injuries across that defensive line, you know, and on that defense that are going to really hurt them. So I hope that's something we can take advantage of. But he could, he has the potential always to ruin our day. Well, you mentioned that he's not as good against the run as he is the pass, and hopefully we have a good game plan there. But I am worried about the right side of that offensive line uh, against a truly special pass rushing talent. That's the matchup I'm most worried about. Big fellow, what's a matchup uh, that you look forward to seeing that you think we can really capitalize think one of the matchups that I'm looking forward to seeing is really Davis on the outside. Um, they're banged up at corner like you talked about with Hughes and Cam Dantzler, their their draft pick. He's, uh, you know, he didn't practice all week. So I think there's going to be some opportunity for, for Davis to win some 50-50 balls and kind of have, a, a, you know, maybe like a an eight or nine target day, hopefully catching six or seven of those. Um, so I think that's a really good opportunity for us on the outside. You know, obviously outside of the Derrick Henry stuff, because I think Derrick is going to be great. Landon, when the average Titan fan is watching Sunday, who do you think they're most likely to be like, who is that? He's awesome. Who's the best uh, Viking fan the average Titans fan hasn't heard of? I would probably say Brian O'Neill, their right tackle. He's developed considerably over the past couple of years, and he's one of the better young tackles in football. And if our edge depth isn't quite up to speed and we have to play Clowney and Landry heavy minutes, we can see them being stonewalled repeatedly. And for a team that has the reputation of having a poor offensive line, which in a way it is, to see their right tackle shut down our pass rush will certainly be surprising. But Brian O'Neill is just one of the best-kept secrets in football, period. Landon, I expect this to be a close game. What matchup, kind of similar to what I asked John, what matchup do we really need to capitalize on that's a strength for us against a weakness do we need to capitalize on to win this game Sunday? Oh, I'm super excited to see Tannehill versus their cornerback group. 
Their four main quarter cornerbacks are all allowing a passer rating of over 120. And for context, the best quarterback season ever only registered 117. So their cornerbacks are awful. They're still getting used to game speed. As much fun as it is to see Derrick Henry run over people left and right, it's fun to see a bit of the modern game with Tannehill throwing for 300, 400 yards, three, four touchdowns, and just seeing the beauty of the passing game, which we probably will see because, like I said, their defensive backs are terrible. John, I like for our guy, I like to think about us um, maybe not playing our best game. We're going to do that at some point and still winning because uh, of a guy like Tannehill getting it out. I mean, I, last year I would say, well, we didn't know what – what he could do under pressure. Uh, and we felt like Derrick Henry and our a really scrappy defense carried us. I really am looking forward to this guy, if not this Sunday, at some point soon, being the difference and just proving his toughness and leadership. Yeah, no, I agree. And I want him to do that. I want him to do that every week in and out. But I really hope that – I hope that this is a get-right game for get-right game for Tannehill. I want him to be as accurate as possible and really get a lot of momentum off of this game because the following week we come home for a very difficult and physical Steelers team. And that's when I want to see him be that commander. I want to see him be that leader in the, uh, on the field because, you know, we'd be going, we're going against a guy, you know, a guy who's won Super Bowls and, you know, he took, a, he, he missed a whole year. So, I, I want to see Tannehill dominate this game, and then I want him to come into the Steelers game prepped and ready and just having this team firing on all cylinders. Hopefully I'll have A.J. Brown back, and we can really send a message to the league. Yeah, I think you make a good point. Not to look ahead. You want to see them not play down, and then you want to see them turn around because not only does um, do the Steelers have a championship pedigree in history, I think they have a championship-caliber team this year. We'll see. I really do think they do. They had such a good defense last year, and they were young. And if they can keep um, Roethlisberger healthy, Juju Smith-Schuster, they print skill position players on offense. They have more guys that just came out of nowhere. So I'm really looking forward to that. But this Vikings game is going to be a test for us in its own way. We're supposed to win this game. We go there on the road. There is character on that team in Minnesota. Now, they have obviously the propensity – to lay eggs and they've certainly laid one last Sunday, but they're going to come out. They're going to be ready. Oh yeah. I mean, they're playing, you know, it's still a relatively new stadium and you know, this is probably going to be the first opportunity they have to welcome fans and to their building too. So they're going to be playing extra hard for them and they're going to have some crowd noise and we're going to, it's going to be our first opportunity to kind of deal with that since, you know, the season started in COVID. So I'll be curious to see how that impacts after two games. Cause we've heard, from Mike Vrabel, we've heard from Tannehill that it's almost diff- it's almost more difficult now with no crowd noise because you can hear everything. You can hear defensive calls. You can hear all sorts of checks at the line. So I'll be just very curious to see how that kind of works out. We saw in week one, no one get running back carries except for Henry last week. Well, we saw a committee because Darrington Evans was out, and he's been a full participant all week so far. So I fully expect him, even as a rookie, to be the running back too in terms of snap count, touches, you know, probably get the lead receiving back work. If there is a team for him to have his debut against, it's a team with a poor defense like the Vikings. Watching some of the game again over the past couple days, I noticed our offensive line has been creating some holes. It's just Henry is so big that he's not agile or small enough to fit into them, which is why Perry and McNichols seem to do a bit better because they could exploit those smaller weaknesses, and Darrington Evans is perfectly suited for that kind of role. Yeah, I guess more what I meant was didn't expect us with Evans out to 
give another guy carries, and we did that. It was interesting. Speaking of guys being out, AJ Brown will be out another week. Uh, so far, so good. I expect a lot, John, from obviously again from a hopefully healthier Corey Davis who had a touchdown last week, and from Adam Humphreys. I think this is going to be a big week for him. Yeah, I, I was going to actually, you know, suggest Humphreys earlier as one of the big keys to the game. The one thing I'm a little bit nervous about with Humphreys is he's going to be going across the middle a lot, and that's where one of their best Vikings best players, Eric Kendricks, plays. He had 12 tackles last week. He's all over the field, and he's a really, really good player. I remember before the season started, I don't remember what we were talking about, but I had mentioned him as a player to watch this year as a potential defensive player of the year candidate, candidate, and he is playing at that level. And he makes me nervous, and he's a guy that might be able to crack Humphreys in half. You know, we've seen Humphreys. He's a tough dude. He is sure-handed. He's going to catch everything that comes his way. And I expect Tannehill to look at him often. So he could have a really good day. Honestly, I think it's going to be, a, like Landon said earlier, they've got a very bad they're in bad shape as far as it comes to their defensive secondary. So I think it's going to be a great day for all of our receivers. I honestly would love to see our boy Easy E or Khalif Raymond catch yeah. a deep bomb. Like this is one of those. I do. Yeah. yeah. This is one of those games where he's going to catch like a, a 45 yarder and dive in the end zone with it. Let's do it. <laughs> Landon, if we weren't playing on Sunday, if we had a bye week or we were playing on Monday or tonight, what game would you be most excited to watch? Cowboys Seahawks looks really enticing. Russell Wilson just decided to suddenly take his game to another level. He's got 10 incompletions and nine touchdowns on the year. The Cowboys have maybe the funnest offense on paper with all their weapons. And we saw how last week against the Falcons, Dak Prescott can make things happen. And specifically because I expect this game to be the highest scoring game of the week by far. Dallas's top three cornerbacks are all injured or out for this game. So Russell Wilson, who's on fire is probably going to have another game where he has more touchdowns and incompletions. Big fella, I don't know if Russell Wilson has decided to um, <laughs> be great. Like Landon said, Landon makes a good point. So he's playing at a different level, or I don't know if it's a Seattle drafted DK Metcalf and put a better team around him. I uh, Yeah, I mean, I think Metcalf is a huge, huge reason why Russell Wilson has been doing so great. I mean, they haven't had a good receiver like that in a long time. And then if you put Chris Carson back there and he's, carving up defenses everywhere. It's the perfect storm, and Russell Wilson is so good. I feel like we talk about it every single year and every single week. The guy has ice water running through his veins. He's unbreakable. I mean, talk about clutch. He is the definition of clutch. He is a game winner. So, yeah, I can't say enough about Russell Wilson, and watching him week one was amazing. Watching him week two was even more amazing. Same question for you if we weren't playing on Sunday. I have the Houston and Pittsburgh game circled. It's in Pittsburgh. So Houston's coming in at 0-2, Pittsburgh 2-0. It's going to be a very interesting game because like we talked about uh, sort of with Minnesota, you go to 0-3, your playoff chances, they start to dwindle pretty quick. So I expect them to come fighting with everything they have. And, you know, it's going to be a really good test for Pittsburgh as well. Do they have what it takes to get to 3-0? I think so. I think you both think so as well. But it's going to be a really, really scrappy fight, a really scrappy game. Best case scenario, Houston gets a loss. They go to 0-3. Worst case scenario, which still isn't bad, Steelers get beat down and then they come here next week for us. So I'm always looking ahead. Who did Houston tick off at NFL headquarters in New York that they have to play? (laughs) Kansas City, Baltimore, and Pittsburgh in the first three weeks landed. That's probably the worst opening schedule ever by far. The two best teams and then 
another team that's probably surging its way into the top 10, if not the top five. That's why I'm a bit hesitant to write Houston off. They haven't looked that competitive, but at the same time, how many teams would against the defending champs and the team that had the best regular season record, who's won 14 straight regular season games and has the reigning MVP? How many teams would even be a competitive 0-2 out of that? Yeah, I mean, that's a rough three-game stretch. Yeah, I don't know if there's a rougher three-game stretch in the entire league. <laughs> Honestly, guys, I'm I'm pumped. I'm ready. I know our fan base is pumped and ready. So I think it's just a matter of time before we're doing a Titan version that's skull clap, marching out of Minnesota with a 3-0 record. Look forward to Sunday's game. Uh, appreciate it, all of our listeners. Make sure to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, everywhere you can. Download the podcast, listen, subscribe. We love watching everybody react to our podcast, and we love all the feedback we get. So with that, fellas, tighten up. <laughs>